0: 22-year-old Gabby Petito is missing, and the last person to see her alive returned from their cross-country trek without her. Gabby's boyfriend isn't talking about her disappearance, and he's since retained a lawyer. The last few missing person cases I've covered have started the same way. Girl goes missing, and her significant other goes in another direction. Next on Drowning Verdict, I'll give you one word to consider now that Gabby Petito missing is a thing. It's trendy to document van life these days, but cabin fever has always been something to watch out for. Verdict. I'm Chip Mahoney and you're listening to my True Crime Podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about cases out there in the world that fascinate me and I go more in-depth with the case. So thanks for joining me today uh, you might have found me on my YouTube or my Twitter, which is a good way to get the latest episodes in that format. If you like what you hear in the sample, click the link in the description to get to the full episode and check it out. Also, if you're on my YouTube, uh, you can subscribe there where you'll get full episodes of Drowning Verdict as well as my other video podcast called Clock Watchers. That's crime and commentary where I do a lot of follow up on these cases as well. So that's for you if you subscribe please do. Um, if you've subscribed before and you're coming back, I really appreciate that because I'm always trying to deliver bigger and better for you each and every time. Um, if I can't do that, as I always say, maybe it's a nugget of info, something that you're not finding in the regular newsfeed and a topic of conversation, a reason to come back, a reason to share because in true crime, um, sharing is caring, getting the word out there, um, helping if it's an open active case, um, or whatever, if there's something to be learned. So that's really important. Thanks for subscribing, thanks for being here today. And I'm getting into something that is, you know, it's in the newsfeed right now. There's a lot of uh, buzz about this case. And my question is, is it a case? Is there foul play involved, which has led to, you know, Gabby Petito, a 22 year old uh, young woman, uh, not being able to be found for three weeks now so she's been gone for three weeks and there's quite a lot of suspicion uh surrounding this case and i'm going to talk about that a little bit and then give you one of my words You know, I'm an author, so I like words. I think they're powerful. I'm going to give you one word to consider as you think about this going forward. And I'm going to get into that. But just a little bit of background. Yeah, her name's Gabby Petito. Uh, She's kind of petite, you know. She's 5'5", 110 uh, pounds, and was traveling um, from the East Coast area, from Florida to New York, and then going west, living that van life, um, doing that sort of thing. And also have a YouTube channel documenting that stuff where even the description on the channel gets to me and that's gonna lead into that one word I'm gonna give you um, but nonetheless you've probably checked it out you know a little bit about it uh, young fun documenting everything as if it's the only thing in the, ha- the world happening because it's happening to you and you're documenting your video in it and you're putting it on YouTube or, or Instagram so that sort of thing where it's really fun, it's important, and sometimes you learn a little bit by following uh, somebody who's not doing what you want to do. And that's what they were doing in the van life type of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's been three weeks gone now, and the some of the questions that I'm bringing up in this podcast are, you know, when I think about it and I take time to reflect about the cases that I've covered that are bigger cases or at least they have been in the last year or two um things like suzanne morphew um in another case sarm heslop which which is there's some parallels to what i'm seeing here with the sarm heslop case but in those cases where you know girl seen one day and next day gone girl they're gone nobody hears from them and in the suzanne morphew case husband is arrested um and then in the sarm heslop case boyfriend is not cooperating with the police and that's why I say it's really similar to some of the things that I'm hearing right now on the Gabby Petito case and is it a case is there foul play well if I compare and contrast between the uh, two cases that I just mentioned Morphew and Sarm Heslop then I think it's like 50 50 right now that something did happen um, so you know a did something happen where did it happen, and who's involved. Um, The boyfriend is the last one to be with her, obviously that's the life they were living in the van, van life, but right now seems like there's a lot of suspicion around him. And I always say that that's where the police always go with investigation anyways, whether it's the husband or the boyfriend, the last person with them, a family member. And so you just got to treat it as a subject. So right now it's a subject. It's an odd subject. But just like in the Sarm Heslop case, the boyfriend uh, lawyered up and is not talking. And I don't know if that's more of a standard thing right now, but it seems to me whenever that happens, there's nothing good that comes from it. Because in the investigation side, you need to be um, you know, the first 48 minutes, the first 48 hours, the first 48 days, whatever, you gotta be on it and you gotta get as much information, as help as possible. And if the the significant other, the boyfriend, the husband, um, you know, just pick your case, if they're not cooperating, then it just gets in the way of what investigators need to do. So I think of that as far as there being, you know, some foul play here, but right now I'm thinking it's about 50-50 because where they were headed from the last time that uh, she was seen, I believe, was in uh, leaving a hotel room or after staying in a hotel room in Salt Lake City and then heading north to Wyoming to the Grand Teton National Park, which was um, you know, one of the stops along the way further north up into Yellowstone. And I would say that's a really good place to disappear. If you wanna disappear, and not have you know the fallback on the person who was with the person who disappeared. You want to have a big ocean, a dark ocean at night, or you want to have a big national forest where you know there's not a lot of people around and you're just a you're just a little speck on a map. So that's how I see it as being you know possibly a diversion tactic. And when I get into how I'm thinking about this case from my author mind and the one word that comes to my mind and, you know, I just wrote down and started making notes on that is the word space. Not the final frontier, but the space around us. And in the Wyoming, um, you know, Yellowstone, Grand Teton National Park, there's wide open spaces. But when you're driving in a van, you're constricted to the space. That you have and you got to make use of it so their youtube channel documented how they converted their van and you know i'll admit i'm not watching their videos because i'm not really too interested in that right now i kind of think it um kind of diverts me from where i'm thinking as you know uh, my author mind and how I'm trying to look at this right now but you've probably seen those videos and you probably know that they were once in a Nissan Sentra as described on their YouTube channel and that didn't work for them there was there was not enough space and there's no way to kind of make it work for you so they went into the the van life converting a van to make use of all the space that they had maybe it's 150 square feet maybe it's 100 square feet whatever, but to make use of it in order to live how they wanted to live like a nomadic lifestyle and then enjoy all the space around them, you know, on their travels. So when I think of the word space and I think of going from a Nissan Sentra with absolutely nothing that you can do other than put stuff in the trunk and then converting to a van and living that van life and then being in a hotel room in Salt Lake City I think of space. I think of square feet. And what I'm saying with that is, did something happen in the hotel room? Did something go down in the hotel room to where when they left the hotel room, it was just the boyfriend and was going to the five-hour drive, the trek north up to the Grand Teton National Park? Was that a diversion? Was she... Was she with him during that time? And that's r- really where I kind of have the focus because, you know, there's such a thing as cabin fever. You know, we're not supposed to live in confined spaces. And I know it's hipster, I know it's cool to live in uh, a van, or it's cool to live in uh, basically like a shipping container nowadays because there's just funky stuff you can do with it and you can manage that space. But it's not necessarily how we're supposed to be confined in our life. So going from a Nissan Sentra to a van, having more space, and then getting into a bigger space in a hotel room, if something went down, an argument, a breakup, uh, somebody cheated, somebody said something, did it go down where there was a little bit more space around them? square Square footage wise. And... The question I have is, did they make it out of Salt Lake City and go together that five hours or so up up to where they said they were were going, or at least the boyfriend has said, or they've been able to track via um, their videos and so forth? Um, That's really where my head's at. Because when I think of what the parents have said and what their instincts are, the mother said that she has a mother's instinct about this and that the last text that she got from her was on August 30th. However, she isn't sure if it came from Gabby. So I don't think a mother's instinct is ever wrong. And I would say that the text didn't come from her because the last time that she was seen, I believe, is after um, you know being in that hotel. So did she come out of that hotel? Did they leave together? Or was it she was just seen there? And was that August 23rd, 24th? Not quite sure, but that was about, uh, you know, up until uh, today, actually, it's been about three weeks that no one has heard from her, um, which is basically a text or a video of her and not somebody who could take over a phone and send a text and have it come from her phone. So it needs to be you know, to match up hundred percent that it is her. So I think it's about the space. Did their trek to see the wide open spaces outside of how they were living in going from a Nissan Sentra to the van to being in a hotel room, did something happen? And there is such a thing called cabin fever where you're just, you know, not feeling good because you're confined and you just need more leg room. And did something happen? Was there an argument in there that they just realized that they couldn't live in a confined space with each other in the van or they couldn't get back into it? And did did that escalate to something else? So it's very suspicious in my mind, yes, but is it more uh, par for the course now for something to happen and somebody to just, you know, come back and lawyer up and then decide to talk through a lawyer because everything is, um, you know, So uh, newsworthy and news-driven right now that it's easy to look at a subject as a suspect. So the boyfriend obviously came back by himself and it doesn't seem as if he alerted anybody along the way, just arrived back in Florida, which is where they had started on their, their trek, going from there to New York and then heading west as I've described. But since then, lauriering up, and then the father saying that, you know, he can't say anything, you know, the father can't speak right now, but he says that there's some things he'd like to say about that guy. So I think those instincts from the parents are something to really consider, that if the mother says that she doesn't think the text was from her, she can't really uh, confirm that it was, then something's up, because a mother's instinct is rarely if ever wrong and they definitely need help in this case because it's been three weeks and it can go six weeks it can go six months and no one's ever heard from her again and that would be similar to Sarm Heslop going from a confined space like a catamaran and then disappearing into the deep blue at in the dark of night it's very convenient for somebody who was last seen with that person to say, I don't know what happened. This is the last time I saw them. I called out to them. All that sort of thing. But you have that wide open space where people can say, yeah, I, I can see how somebody could disappear in the ocean. I could see how somebody could disappear at a big national park. But they never really disappear when that isn't there. They never really disappear The last time I saw them was in the hotel room, that sort of thing. And, you know, just want to make sure that uh, in these early, early uh, days of the disappearance that uh, this stuff can be followed up on. And I'm betting that cell phone, ping data and all that good stuff is really going to be important here, especially if the boyfriend is not cooperating. What do you think? This is a a new thing to talk about. Um, It's important. But is it a case? Is there foul play? And I think right now, it's about 50-50. Uh, when I first was uh, doing the Suzanne Morphe stuff, I thought it was 70-30 that the husband did something wrong. And when I started doing, you know, after that, the Sarm Heslop case, I started thinking the same thing. About 70-30, 80-20, the significant other, boyfriend, the husband, there's something there, and they caused it. And you just can't prove it Prove it right now. So right now I think it's 50-50. But what do you think? What do you think? Um, this is Chip Mahoney. I'm signing off on drowning verdict. I'll most likely have more on this. Hopefully it's just a girl gone wandering as she comes back. But it's very odd, as the police have said, and as I think for the boyfriend to just drive those days back to Florida, get out of the van, lawyer up and not talk it's very very odd so I will see you later thanks for listening I appreciate you checking out Drowning Verdict this is Chip Mahoney Sign off have a good one bye bye